0: Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for September 24th is the book of Esther, second half, chapters 6 through 10. Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Bible in Order, where we are chronologically going through the entire Bible in one year. Today's reading for September 24th is Esther, chapters 6 through 10. Yesterday's reading concluded with wicked Haman building the gallows at the advisement of his wife on which to hang Mordecai, the Jew. Chapter 6 begins with the king not being able to sleep. Now you, you will remember Mordecai was unable to receive any kind of reward for having saved the king's life so here we are the king can't sleep he calls for his attendants to bring him and read to him the annals or the chronicles of what's been going on in the kingdom and they read about mordecai and what mordecai has done the king asks how mordecai has been rewarded for this and nothing has been done for him enter haman the king says haman What should be done to honor someone who the king delights in? How should I reward the one who I want to reward? Of course, Haman is still puffed up in his pride and arrogance and assumes that the king wants to honor him. And so he gives off this list of ways that he believes he is going to be paraded around and made much of. Haman answers the king, Clothe him with your clothes. Let him ride one of your donkeys. Have him paraded around. Have your attendants exalt him and say, This is the man the king delights in and wants to honor. The pivotal turning point of this book is when the king says, Haman, do these things that you've just stated for Mordecai the Jew don't leave a single thing out of course Haman must have had the wind taken out of his sails very quickly he realizes that he has stepped into a big trap that he himself has set for his enemy his enemy who did nothing except for love and honor the God of the universe my friends, this is the end that every detractor of God and God's people will meet. A day is coming where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Everyone who has hated the people of God simply because they are the people of God will either repent because they are humbled in their hearts or they will face Judgment. Since Mordecai is Jewish and you have begun to fall before him, you won't overcome him because your downfall is certain. Isn't that a picture of what the enemy does? Wasn't she the one who told him to build the gallows? Not just her, but also his advisors. She's the only one mentioned by name. The enemy will tempt you, cause you to go down, The wrong path by lying to you about the rewards that the future holds. And then, as soon as you get caught, as soon as things start to go the wrong way and fall apart, the enemy will then turn and point at you and say, Look what he or she did. Why didn't Haman's wife urge him to go and beg for forgiveness? Maybe she did, and it's not recorded here for us but the thing is he didn't go and beg for forgiveness he didn't go and humble himself the next day Haman goes with the king to Esther's house again the king requests of her what is it that you want I will give you anything up to half the kingdom she says spare my life and the lives of my people You know the end result. Haman is hung on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. That is what will happen, friends. When the scriptures say in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That means the darkest day of your life is something that God intends to use to turn around, to boomerang on your enemies. Friends, when you love God and are called according to his purpose and you are following after him, the attempts on your life by the enemy will only turn around to glorify the God of heaven and spare you. And even if it goes the other way, like we read about in Stephen in the book of Acts, God is glorified. I guarantee you, if you are being stoned or burned at the stake for the sake of the gospel, there is no greater way of leaving this world. We have to be careful that we're not falling into the trap of assuming we are being persecuted because we are religious. If people make fun of you because you invite them to church, friends, that's not necessarily persecution because the law cannot be changed and there was already a day appointed for the annihilation of the Jews they issue another edict and this one is to allow the Jews to annihilate the people who hate them and seek to persecute them the result of that edict is that many of the ethnic groups of the land professed themselves to be Jews because of fear of the Jews and that fear had overcome them fear is a tremendous motivator Fear of loss, fear of rejection, fear of failure. I find it very interesting that it's hardwired into human nature to be motivated more by fear than by the opportunity of a reward. Of course, that is in our human nature, in our flesh. In the kingdom, we are motivated by reward when the bible says to deny yourself and pick up your cross and follow him it's a denial of yourself right now of your physical flesh of what feels good in order to do what is right in order to gain a greater reward a reward that will last beyond this life friends we cannot take riches with us but we can take our memories we don't take our sin with us into the next life it is washed away and forgiven. But we do take the character that is built through overcoming sin. We don't take with us the thorn of the flesh that tempts us, that keeps us weak and broken before the cross. But we do take the perseverance with us that that thorn created. These are the crowns of righteousness that we will wear for all of eternity. It's not about jewelry, friends. It's not about physical adornment. It's about character development. We are not going to be taking our physical businesses and the things they produce, but we will take the wisdom that comes from learning to steward such things. In chapter 9 of Esther, we read about the day when the Jews were set free and delivered and rose up against the people who were persecuting them. The people who wanted to kill the Jews simply because of their association with the Most High God are the ones who were taken out. The enemies of the Most High God were the ones who were judged on that day. It's a prophetic picture of the day that is to come when Jesus returns and all of those who are opposed to him will face judgment they will be annihilated, there will be no standing. But the people of God, those who once had to cower in fear, learned how to stand strong and stand up against their enemies. This is not a call for the people of God to be vigilant or to go out and hunt down their enemies. No, Jesus came and he said, love your enemies. Be kind and bless those who persecute you. Pray for them. We are not called to judge the world for its sin. We are called to judge one another. The Bible is very clear about that. If you call yourself a Christian, you are opening yourself up to the judgment of other Christians. It was during this time of persecution and dealing with the ramifications of being called out by the government and a green light being given to the enemies of the Jewish people to annihilate the Jewish people that the Jewish people came together and they sought the heart of God and it was in that fasting and weeping and repenting and seeking that God came through and delivered them and made them more than conquerors over their enemies. It's interesting that the book of Esther does not even mention God in it once. But there are plenty of references to prayer, to fasting, and we certainly see the evidence of how God led Mordecai and took him from a position of lower leadership, sitting at the temple gate to making him essentially second in command to the king himself friends there's a direct friends there's a directly proportional relationship between how much one listens to God and follows God and is willing to engage in the hard process of telling the truth of God and living by that with integrity to how successful they are in this world I'm not talking about using the gospel to obtain material wealth or riches or anything. I'm saying that when we humble ourselves before the Most High God, He will exalt us. May God bless you as you seek Him. Thank you for being on this journey with me. We'll see you tomorrow.